Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. You should have a handout. We're going to continue our sermon series on simply just faith, finances, and a fresh start. Uh, this is uh, where we've called time out in our stewardship series, and we're really spending probably five, five Sundays or so uh, really just drilling down and talking really about our finances and about money. Uh, I was encouraged also to see this past uh, Tuesday evening, uh, we have a Financial Peace University that's taking place right now in the church. On Tuesday evenings, that is taking place, and uh, Miss Beth, right in the middle here, is leading that, facilitating that. Uh, and there was a good group of people out in the Connection Cafe for that. And so, Beth, thank you for doing that. It's an amazing class. Uh, I'm hearing rumor that it may be offered again, maybe in the fall. Uh, so um, we'll confirm that later. Uh, but what a great class it is. But one of the things that I really, I really enjoyed watching and observing as I was passing through. Uh, in the middle of that class was that how people are really engaged and working on their finances and working on their budget and working and paying attention to their dollars and asking questions. And I got to hear Beth give some counsel and advice, which was kind of spot on. I thought, man, that's just good stuff that's taking place here. And the reason being because we don't own it, right? God owns how much of it? All of it, right? God owns it all. We are just to be good stewards and good managers of what he's placed in our possession. Okay? So um, so hopefully and prayerfully that will be offered again. If you haven't taken Financial Peace University, uh, I encourage everyone, no matter where you are uh, in age and life and finances, it's definitely beneficial, beneficial for you to take that uh, and then turn around and teach someone else and help someone else. But everyone should have received the handout. And today we're going to dig a little bit further. We're going to talk more now about giving. Remember, in this stewardship series, I shared with you how we get to make a choice whether we want to live life like a river or whether we want to be a reservoir. Now, a reservoir is going to get all they can, can all they get, and sit on the can, right? I mean, it's all mine. It's for me. But living life as a river, we live with our hands wide open. And we realize that it all belongs to God. I'm just going to be a steward. He's going to uh, allow blessings and finances and dollars to flow through me so that I can do His service and be a blessing and give to others. That's really what it's all about. Got to be sure that you're taken care of if we live life like this with hands wide open and we just be that river uh, that we can be a source that we can help and be a blessing to others. So we're going to talk about giving a little bit today. And the question I want to start with is just simply this. If I give, what do I get in return? That may be a kind of a selfish way of thinking and looking at it. But I want you to see some benefits in living a life of giving. Now look, if you will, in your sermon notes. Acts chapter 20, verse 35b, the latter part of it, is, is going to be our memory verse that I want us to really think about. Scripture says, remember that our Lord said, more blessings come from, what's the next word? Giving than from receiving. So it's more blessed, more blessed to give than to receive is what Scripture is saying. My question is, do you really believe that? 
Do you really believe that there are more blessings in giving than there are in receiving? Well, that's kind of what we're going to unpack. I want you to look at this uh, in your sermon notes also. I put this in there. I want you to see some key words and key topics in the Bible that we would deem as important. Such as words like believe, believer, believing, and whatever other words. There's, there's like five or six words for each one of these that kind of fit in that category. But do you realize that the words believe, believer, believing are used, and I reference this out of the King James translation of the Bible, and my reference I put under there is at answers.com. You can go there and kind of plug in stuff, and it gives you some of this. But according to this reference, the words believe, believer, believing are used 349 times in Scripture. Look at another topic that's very familiar and very important to all of us, and, and that would be prayer, right? Prayer is important. Do you realize the word prayer and pray and praying or praise? Those words are used 540 times in Scripture. Look at the next one, love. You think it's important that we love one another? Sure it is. Do you realize the words love and loved and loves and loving are used 521 times? But here's the kicker. I want you to look at the words giving, give, giveth, given, giver. Those words are used 1,547 times in Scripture. So what does that tell us? It tells us that God puts a large emphasis in His Word on us giving. Not just of our finances, but giving our finances, giving our time, giving our effort, giving our gifts, giving ourselves. Really, the Christian life is a life about giving. And we can see that emphasized all through Scripture. The book, the Word of God, God's Holy Word, the Bible, is a book about giving. Now, I want you to understand, God just didn't tack on giving to the end of the Christian life. It's part of who we are. It's the DNA of a Christian. It's the essence of Christian living. Would you say with me that Jesus was the ultimate giver? Sure he was. I mean, all the way to the cross, he, he ultimately gave up his life. He gave his life for us. So let me give a few verses of Scripture, and, and this is one verse that I had Dustin read this morning in Malachi 3.10. Scripture says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw them. Open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. Now, if you remember last week, I shared with you the, uh, the video of David Carr, the quarterback of the Oakland Raiders. And they asked him what he was going to do with this largest contract in NFL history, uh, most high payer in all of NFL history, and what he was going to do. And his first words is, I'm going to tithe and I'm going to give. And, they, and, they said, and he said, it's always been my lifestyle. He said, back in the day when I made $700, I paid my tithe on it. Now that I'm making $25 million a year, I'm going to pay my tithe on it. Some folks say, well, boy, if I could just make $25 million a year, I'd tithe on it. And I'm going to say, no, you wouldn't. If you're not tithing on $700, you are not going to tithe on $25 million. Say amen or oh me, but let me know you out there, right? I mean, it's the principles of giving. And, of course, he's a great example of living out these biblical principles of giving. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Scripture says, if you give, you will 
receive. And whatever measure you use in giving, large or small, it will be used to measure what is given back to you. Now, I've unpacked that verse in other messages, but what a strong verse that is. The conditional is if we're giving people. If we are giving people, then we are going to receive. So my question goes back to, if I give, what will I get in return? Well, that's what I want to unpack for you. I've got about seven things that you'll get in return if you live the lifestyle of being a giving person with your hands wide open. Benefit number one, jot these down in your notes with me, and uh, we'll jump through these as quickly as possible. Benefit number one, giving makes me more like God. It does. It makes us more like Christ. It makes us more like God. It makes us more Christian whenever we live a lifestyle of giving. John 3.16, great verse, we all know it by heart. Let's say it together. For God so loved the world that He let you borrow. No. God so loved the world that He gave you a little bit. No. God so loved the world that He gave what? His one and only begotten Son. He gave you all He had. He gave you everything. I mean, that principle right there, I've had folks through the years, and I've been pastoring for over 25 years now, and, I, and all these years I've had folks come up to me and say, really, how much should I give? Should I give 10, or is it okay if I give 5%, or, or can I give by with 2%, or can I just start somewhere and give? And I've heard all types of teaching on this. You know what I say, my response to that? My response is 100%. What? Yeah. God's not interested in your money. He's interested in your heart. He wants 100% of you. And if you give 100% of yourself, you'll never have to ask the question, how much do I give? You will look forward to the opportunity to give. Whether you give 5% or 7% or 10% or 15 or 20 or 30, that makes no difference if you give 100% of yourself to God. You live in total dependence upon Him. You realize that He owns it all. You're serving Him. He provides for us. I'm going to bank on his promises that he said I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be there for you if we really believe in that. I don't care. We just give whatever we can give. Right? And we're not going to be concerned with a particular percentage amount. Now I believe the tithe in scripture simply talks about 10%. Okay? And so we'll talk more about that. But giving makes us more like God. Romans 8.29. I want you to see this verse of Scripture. Turn there in your Bibles, if you will. Romans 8.29. And there's many other verses that, that relate to this. But it says in this verse, For from the very beginning, God decided that those who came to Him should become like His Son. Those that come to Him, those that are born again, those that are redeemed, those that are Christians... They now should be like His Son. You know what God's plan is for you in your life? He is, it is to make you like Jesus. Right? That's God's ultimate goal for all of us. is to make us like Jesus. Now, don't run out of here and say that Brother John said that, hey, if we, uh, if we accept Christ as our Savior, that God wants to make us gods. No, I didn't say that God's going to make you a god. Okay? There's other belief systems out there that believe that. That if you live a good enough life and you do enough work and you knock enough doors, that one day you will be a god. Right? That's not taught in Scripture anywhere, by the way. You understand that, right? But God wants us to be conformed into the image of His Son. He wants us to be like 
Christ. So he's not saying that you're going to be a God one day, but he wants you to be God-like. Okay? He's not saying that you're going to be the next Jesus Christ, but he wants you to be Christ-like. Are you with me? He wants us to be him. He wants us to become godly. He wants our character to be godly character. He wants our thinking to think in the ways that he would think. He wants our giving to be in a way that he would give. He wants our acts to be in ways that he would act. He wants us to feel the way that he would feel. He wants us to value the way that he values things. Are you getting me? Are you with me? So whenever we give, it makes us more like God. Ephesians 4 and 15 says that God wants us to grow up like Christ in everything. Christ gave all. So we need to live a lifestyle of giving. Are you with me? So it's going to make us more like Christ and more like God whenever we give. Number two, second benefit of giving is it simply draws me closer to God. If I live a lifestyle of giving, it's going to draw me closer to Him. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there, finish it for me, you know this, your heart will be also. So He wants us to come to Him. He wants us to draw close to Him. So whenever we are giving... And whenever, particularly, we're giving our tithe and we're giving our offering into the local church so the local church can continue to do the ministry of spreading the gospel and helping the poor and the needy and doing benevolent work in the community and and, and being able to run the ministries we run, to be able to share the gospel, to grow the saints and do all that we do, as we give into the local church, what's happening now, we're drawing ourselves closer to the Lord. So I'm going to ask you a question. Where is your heart this morning? Where is your heart this morning? Well, I can, I can give you the answer to that. Whatever it is that you are investing in, your heart will follow that. So whatever it is, if it's in a boat, it's going to be in a boat. If it's in a house, it's going to... Remember last week I gave you the illustration about the camper? <laughs> if it's in that $102,000 camper that I really, really like that I ain't going to get, are you with me? But if that's where my treasure, man, that's where my heart's going to be. If that's what I long for and that's what I desire to have. Now, listen, I'm not against campers. I'm not against nice things. I'm not against nice houses. I mean, God can bless you with all those things. But you've got to live life as a way that it's not all about you. You want to be able to be a conduit tapped into God, allowing Him to bless through you. Are you tracking with me? So don't go to the extremes one way or the other. We've got to find the middle of the road here of what Scripture is teaching And I want you to understand that God wants you to give. And as we do, that's where our heart is going to be. So every time I give to the local church, you know what it's doing? It's drawing myself to the Lord. Drawing myself to the ministry of the church because I am investing in it. Get it? Good. Number three. By the way, God is far more interested in developing and growing disciples than he is in growing dollars. Are you with me? But he knows that when we give, our life and our heart is going to follow that, and therefore we can grow as a result. Number three, giving gives me and gives us victory over materialism, which is huge. Guys, you realize there is a lie that our culture and social media and the media out there today and everything you'll see on the TV and the Internet, there's a lie that they are proclaiming, and they're simply saying that happiness can be purchased. Right? Well, sure, you know that's true. 
Matter of fact, it's in the Declaration of Independence, right? Life and liberty and the purchase of happiness. By the way, that's not correct. don't know if you've read the Declaration lately. But what is it? Life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness, but certainly not the purchase of happiness. If that were true, then everybody that has the most stuff are going to be the happiest people in the world. And I tell you, I've been around some very wealthy people, and sometimes they're anything but happy people. So just getting stuff doesn't make you happy. And I've been around some folks that don't have a whole lot, but they seem like the happiest people in the world. So just how much stuff you have, there's no direct correlation to being happy with that. Guys, here's a statement I want you to get. You make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. Are you with me? You make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. So whenever we are a giving person, what we're doing, every time we give, we're breaking the materialism syndrome of what Satan is trying to do to get us anchored down to the stuff and things of this world and so concerned about that that we're no longer concerned about his church, we're not concerned about the gospel, we're not concerned about being missionaries here on this world and being a witness for him, being the salt and the light of the earth because we're consumed with so much stuff and that's all we're concerned about. Are you with me? I know these messages sometimes aren't good, but it's kind of where we are in this series. And I'm, are you okay? Giving breaks the victory or gives us the victory over materialism. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. Look at this verse of Scripture. It says, Command those who are rich in this present world. By the way, that's every single one of us in this room. Everybody that lives in America pretty wealthy compared to some of the third world countries that are out there today and how they're having to live. Are you with me? By the way, Scripture says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And then he says in Scripture, Command them to be generous and willing to share. And in this way they may take hold of the life that is truly life. And once again, it's not wrong to have nice stuff. But it is wrong if that's your God. Right? If that's what you worship. If that's where your heart is just all in that stuff. So we can help break this, give us the victory over materialism. By the way, you know what the purpose of tithing is? Have you ever thought about that? Well, the answer is in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23, the latter part of that verse. Make a reference of that and look it up when you get home. But here's what it says. The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your life. To acknowledge that God owns it all. Matthew 6.33, seek ye what? Second, the kingdom of God? No, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things. So God doesn't want just a part of our life. He wants all of our, all of our life. He doesn't want second place in our life. He wants first place in our life. He wants our hearts and our lives. Let me give you benefit number four. Benefit number four in giving. Giving simply strengthens our faith. You see, God uses oftentimes our finances to test our faith and to strengthen our faith. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, the verse we read earlier, it simply says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And then God says this. Only place in Scripture where God says this. He says, Test me in this. Test me in what? In your giving. You test me 
with this tithe, he's saying, says the Lord. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. In, in the scripture, God is saying in Malachi, he's saying, test me, try me, prove me. I dare you to test me in this and see if I will not bless you whenever you give the tithe. Now, there are a lot of promises in God's word, right? Matter of fact, there's more promises regarding giving in God's Word than anything else. But with every promise, there is a premise. Right? With every promise, there is a premise. God is saying, if you give, I will do this. When you give, I will do this. Okay? That's the premise that He's given us. Proverbs 3, 5, what we need to do is start trusting in the Lord with all of our heart and don't lean on our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord by giving Him the first part of all of your income and He will fill your barns with overflowing. The problem is we don't believe that. You want your barns full? You want blessings? Now listen, I realize there's a whole movement out there on health, wealth, and prosperity movement that's saying, oh, if you just give everything, you'll get a million dollars. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is you can't outgive God. I mean, I could sit here for a couple hours and give you story after story after story in my personal life how God has blessed me simply because of paying my tithe, not even paying, giving my tithe, honoring God with my tithe. And I can tell you story after story how God put me in the hospital or broke down a well system to take the tithe out. Come on, guys, smile at me here this morning. Let me give you a real quick story. I remember it. We, Debbie and I just bought our first home. And we're back in Burke County, North Carolina. And we bought this first home. We emptied our savings completely to get enough down payment to move into this home. No kids yet. Just Deb and I buying this home, trying to get our life established. We were out in the country. We didn't have city water. We had a well. Okay? Remember, key word, we emptied our savings everything to get into this house to try to get our family started are you with me it was an older home and and it had a well system and the well was like probably about a hundred or so feet down and it had a submersible pump down in the bottom of the well you know how a well system works and it pumps it out into the reservoir tank that we had inside the house but all of a sudden we were like um, before the well actually went out we were scraping I mean, I don't know if you guys can even relate to this, but do you realize that toothpaste and toilet paper cost money? Do you realize that? I mean, we found that out the hard way. Man, that just didn't show up. You know, when you're living at home, it just shows up, right? The closet always has toilet paper, and there's always plenty of toothpaste when you're living at home. When you get out on your own, you realize, i got to buy that stuff, right? And that stuff's expensive. Can I share a little bit more maybe with you? Thank God for a mother-in-law that cooked old-fashioned meals nearly every day. And oftentimes we were at the mother-in-law's house because we just loved her. That's why we were there. (laughs) That's very true. But there's another reason why we were there. Do you realize that food, groceries, to stock up in your house costs money? May I remind you again, we emptied our savings to buy this house. Now we are literally living paycheck to paycheck 
Every dime we had coming in was going on the mortgage, on the insurance, on the taxes, on the power bill. Are you with me? On the car payment and the insurance for that. You guys understand how all that works, right? So that meant there was very little money for toothpaste and toilet paper and food. It's just Debbie and I. So we can make it on PB&J, right? I mean, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are amazing. Matter of fact, how many of you guys ever had a mayonnaise sandwich? I was raised on a mayonnaise sandwich. Well, I remember sitting on the top of my old dad's van, and he did dirt back or uh, motocross racing. And on Sunday afternoon, we're out there, and he's racing motocross. And, and Mom makes us, I thought it's the greatest thing in the world, mayonnaise sandwich. I come to find out later why we had mayonnaise sandwich. There was no money for bologna. Are you with me? That's kind of where we were. And so we'd go to the mother-in-law's house when she'd get off work in the evening and eat and different things. So we were just scraping the bottom. And we were trying to tithe and trying to honor the Lord with our tithe. Well, this one particular month, we're short. I told Debbie, we can't pay our tithe. We just can't pay our tithe. We don't have it. Okay. So we didn't pay it. You know what happened the very next week? Our sump pump went out. So that means zero water in the house. None. Nada. Nothing. So we had to fix that. It's amazing how we could come up with the money to fix the sump pump. Are you with me? But we couldn't come up with the money to honor God in the tithe. Do you know how much repairing the sump pump cost? To the penny, what our tithe would have been. Now, I could give you many more illustrations in my personal life like that and stories that that others have shared with me over the years. You know what God said? He said, all right, you're not going to give? I'm going to pull back my blessings. How many believe that God could allow that sump pump to last for many more years? If he so you. I believe that. God's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. Right? Right? Now, some people may think that's a stretch and maybe I'm crazy or whatever. But God's God. He can, if he created this world, he can fix a sump pump. Are you with me? But he said, let me teach you a lesson. You are not going to prosper and the blessings are going to be withdrawn because the promise is not being, the condition of the promise is not being met You are not honoring me with your tithe. Therefore, the windows of heaven are going to shut. A lot of folks are in the hospital having their tithe taken out. Stuff happens. I believe God has to teach us some lessons. He taught me the hard way. We've got to honor the Lord with our tithe and with our giving and with our offerings. Are you with me? I'm saying this with a smile on my face because I know people get a little edgy when you talk about this. And I'm so sorry we have first-time guests today and I'm talking about tithing. Uh, maybe I shouldn't apologize, but I know it's not the most popular thing to preach on. It's just where we are in this series, okay? So we need to be folks that give. First part, give the Lord. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income and he will fill your barns to overflow. Let me give you number five benefit. Benefit number five, giving is an investment for eternity. Now, guys, you already know we can't take it with us, right? You've never seen a U-Haul hooked up behind a hearse. I mean, all your possessions, everything is going to just be left behind. Everybody, somebody else is going to have everything you've got. 
Think about everything you have today, every penny you have in the bank, every dollar you have in some investment fund. When you leave this world, somebody else is going to get all that stuff. Are you with me? But whenever we give, we are making an investment for eternity. And Scripture says that we are to be storing up treasure in heaven. Well, how do we do that? Because we give, we're sending our, our finances, if you will, and our blessings on ahead whenever we give. It's an investment for eternity. First Timothy chapter 6. I think I have a slide for this. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 18. It says, tell them to use their money to do good. They should give happily to those in need. And always be ready to share with others whatever God has given them. And by doing this, they will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. And it's the only safe investment for eternity. You got that? This is a fantastic, protected investment that gets amazing rates and you never have to worry about, about it falling or losing it. Whenever you invest into eternity, you invest into the work of God where you, when you're investing really into people and the spreading of the gospel, what you're doing is sending rewards and treasures on ahead and you will be blessed for that. Right? It's the only safe investment for eternity. So giving is an investment for eternity. It's a protected investment has amazing rates. Right? So every time I give, it's an investment for the future. Let me give you number six benefit for why we should be a giving people. Giving simply blesses me in return. I mean, there are tremendous blessings that we get in return. We always get more than we give. And that's not necessarily just true of our finances. It's true of everything. Have you ever gone to um, an assisted living facility or a nursing home? And you just go in there to try to encourage and bless and, and uh, lift someone's day. And maybe you have prayer with someone or maybe you sing a song or maybe you give a little devotion. And every time I go there and do that, and whenever I give of myself to do that, and by the way, this whole giving thing is more than just dollars. It's time and effort and energy and gifts and talents and uh, giving all of that. Whenever I go there... It seems like they just say, thank you so much, and what a blessing. But I leave there, and I feel like I'm the one that got the blessing for going and giving of that. The same is definitely true of our finances as well. Proverbs 22.9, the Scripture says, A generous man will himself be blessed, for he shares his food with the poor. Psalm 112 and verse 5 and 6 says, Good will come to him who is generous. Righteous man will be, a righteous man will be remembered forever. There was a quote by Calvin Coolidge, and he said this. He says, No man is ever honored for what he received in life. He's only honored for what he gave. That's true, isn't it? No man is ever honored for what he received. He's always honored for what he, he gave. So moms and dads, let me ask you. When we die, and by the way, Scripture says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this is judgment. So we're all going to die. We're not going to escape that, Right? What is your family? What are your children? What are your friends going to say of you? Are, are they going to say, my dad, my mom, they were generous people. They gave and gave and gave. They gave their time. They gave their money. They gave their energy. They were, they were a giving people. Or would they say, boy, my mom and dad, they were stingy people. They were just hoarders. They just wouldn't give anything, right? And that's all based on how we live our life. So the point I'm just trying to make is that giving blesses us in return. Matter of fact, there is a secret. You do understand this. And Proverbs 11:25 says, A generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes 
uh, others will himself be refreshed. Did you catch the secret in that? He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Have you learned the secret? Here's the secret. The secret is whatever you give out, you're going to get in return. Are you with me? The type of person and whatever it is that you're giving out is what you're going to get in return. We call it the law of the harvest. Right? Farmers that are planting corn, they ain't going to raise no soybeans. Right? What are they going to raise? Corn. Whatever they're planting is what they're going to get in return. And you go and you study the law of the harvest, you find you're going to get more in return. But think about it this way. Whenever you give out criticism, get ready, criticism is coming back. Are you ready? Whenever you give out gossip, get ready, gossip is coming back. Whenever you give out encouragement, guess what? Encouragement is coming back. So whenever you give and you give positive good things, you can expect those things to come in return. It's the law of the harvest. Matter of fact, you're also going to reap more than you sow, right? Whenever you, you sow a couple kernels, kernels of corn, you're going to get a whole stalk that's going to produce ears of corn with hundreds and thousands of kernels. So whatever it is we're giving, we're going to get back. Now, listen, let me put in a disclaimer right here. That shouldn't be the motive for why we give. I give my tithe, and I give to other places outside of my tithe, and to other needs and other situations because God has blessed me and been so good to me. And I want to be able to have the privilege to be able to be a blessing to others. I want to give out encouragement. I want to give out words of kindness. I want to be a person that gives of their time and their effort and their energies and their talents. And if God has given me the ability to do some things, I want to turn around and try to give as much of that away as I can. I mean, I could give you many situations, but you would think I'm bragging on myself, so I'm not even going to go there. But I look for opportunity to give of my time and talents and treasures because God has blessed me with so much. Right? Are you guys okay today? Let me give you number seven, and I promise you I'll be done. Giving makes you a happy person. Giving makes you a happy person. First Chronicles 29 and verse number 9, you need to jot this one down. And I, want, I just want you to know there's tremendous happiness in giving. In First Chronicles 29 9, it says, The people rejoiced, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced greatly. This is when they were giving all, all that they could give to build the temple. Now, David didn't get to build the temple, but he was preparing for his son to build the temple. And the people were giving. Matter of fact, they gave so much, as, as, whoa, that's enough. We, we've got more than enough. Just stop, right? But there was great, re, great rejoicing over the giving that took place. Giving makes you a happy person. If you live life like this, you're going to live life with a smile on your face. If you live life like this, there's going to be a scowl and a frown on your face. Why? Because you're in protection and hoarding mode, right? But if you live like this, you realize, hey, the source everything that I have is the Lord. It's not me and what I can get. It's not the job It's the career or the career. It's God. And I'm just going to allow Him to take care of me. And I'm going to live with a smile on my face and happiness in my heart and my hands wide open because Scripture plainly teaches it's more blessed to give than to receive. You realize there's two types of people in the world? 
And I'm sure you have seen these two types. There are givers and there are takers. You ever been around those people and you get done, you feel like you're just exhausted. They just zapped all the energy out of you. Am I the only one that's ever ran into people like that? Have you ran into people like that? You spend ten minutes with them, you feel like it's been four hours, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm drowning, I've got to get away. Am I the only one that's ever experienced that? We all have, right? You know what you just ran into? A taker. But then, have you ever been around those people and you spent four hours with them? And you're like, man, we're having to depart so soon. We just met for lunch and it was going to be a 30-minute lunch meeting we were going to have. And you look and you've been three and a half hours together. What happened? You know what you were around? You were around a giving person. Right? So think about it. Who are you? Are you a giver or are you a taker? And by the way, you know the root word of miserable is a miser. And a miser is one that hoards and takes and just holds on to and is just tied and just will not give. So don't be a miserable person. Be a giver. Live with hands wide open. Trust God to take care of you. It's more blessed to give than is received. Okay? So whenever we give our offering on Sunday morning, that should be the most joyful time in our entire worship service. Now, unfortunately, it's not. But it should be. We should have testimony after... Let, preacher, let me say something. Before you take up the offering day, let me just share how God blessed me because I'm a giver. I never have anybody knocking my doors down to give that type of a testimony. Ever. It should be the most joyful part of our Sunday morning worship. <laughs> it's tithing time. I get to honor God with how He blessed me. I get to give today. Most people don't come in with that mentality. Say men or oh me. But we should. God gave everything for you. And I want to give back a portion to His work. He owns it all. But boy, I want to give to Him. And I want to give to others. I want to give. I want to help. God, show me a need. Help me to be aware of some needs that are around. I want to be a giving person. And by the way, I'm going to say this in closing. I'm going to let the band come on up and I've got to be done. Matter of fact, next week, I have, I have about five or six practical points to this. I'm going to talk to you how, next week on how to get the most out of giving. But let me wrap it up with saying this. Whenever we give, we become a joyful people. So ask yourself, are you filled with happiness? Are you filled with joy? Are you enjoying life? Are you just enjoying life? Well, think about it. Are you a giving person? Think about your talents and think about your gifts that you have. and Look for opportunity to be able to give that back somewhere. Okay? Not just your finances, but in everything. And then, why don't we make it an effort? Sunday mornings when it's time to take up the offering instead of just like sometimes we do that when the baskets get close are you with me why don't we say you know what God you've blessed me this week you've blessed me with a good job you've blessed me with a wonderful family you've blessed me with a great church 
and I'm going to give back to you. And I, I am just looking for, I want to give back today. Now I realize we have a lot of folks that give online and so they don't give during the offering on Sunday morning. That's okay. But my point is just simply be a joyful giver. Look for the opportunity to invest in the kingdom work of our God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for our time together today and for your word. And Lord, I just pray that you have spoken to all of our hearts today. In the area of our finances, may you be the Lord of our life there. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for redeeming us. But Lord, today, in the area of our finances, we surrender that to you. We ask that you would be the Lord of our finances, that you would bless, and that you would teach us to be a giving people. And it's something we have to learn. It doesn't come naturally. Even a baby when it's born is born with its hands clasped, closed. Children have to be taught to share. So giving is something that we have to learn to do. I pray that you would start that lesson in our lives. Help us to be a giving people. Help us to give our time into the local church. Help us to give our talents and our gifts and our abilities and our time into the church as well. But also help us to look for opportunities outside the church to be a blessing to others, to be a giving person. And it all starts with the area of lordship. We just surrender our life to you today. We ask you to be the Lord, not only of our soul and our salvation, but be the Lord of our finances. We give it all to you. Help us to be a giving people. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360 or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email Call or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.